Hello, my friends. This is Pastor Christopher Alam again today. I trust you're having a good day. And uh, yesterday we talked about uh, uh, the healing ministry of Jesus, the keys to the healing ministry of Jesus. And we finished with that. And today I'm going to launch into something else. I'm going to talk about the whipping post and the, and the cross because that is where Jesus paid the ultimate price for our healing and for our salvation. But before I go into that, I want to take the opportunity to share with you a, a short testimony. And this is from um, Bulgaria. I did a crusade uh, in Bulgaria. I did several crusades in Bulgaria, but this was the first one I did immediately after the fall of the Iron Curtain. I'm sorry, it was the second one I did immediately after the fall of the Iron Curtain. And this was in the city of Blagoevgrad, which was actually a, a showpiece city built by the communists to show the glories of communism. And this is in the Bulgarian part of that territory, which historically was known as Macedonia. And what was ancient Macedonia is, uh, uh, part of it is in Greece and part of it is the Republic of Macedonia and then part of it is in Bulgaria. So we were there in the city of Blagoevgrad and we rented the stadium and I mean thousands and thousands of people came to hear the gospel and uh, we had a great move of God there. And one night, uh, I remember I came to the field and uh, the, the stands were packed with people, but we kept the grass empty, uh, the field itself. We put the platform there and we kept the field empty, but the people were up in the stands and some of the sick people, people who were paralyzed and couldn't walk, you know, they, they, they were carried and their families, uh, I had let them put them uh, on the grassy part of the field, but on the side of the platform and back of the platform. And so what they did, I saw this one man, he was totally paralyzed from head to toe and they laid him uh, on, on a blanket, they carried him on a blanket and they laid him uh, right in front of the platform. So I came to the field and I saw him and I, I said to them, I said, I sense God is going to do something tonight. And so I don't want you here in the front. I want you to uh, put him on the side. So they put him on the side of the platform. So I began to preach and um, I was preaching about the death and the resurrection of Jesus. And when I talked about the resurrection of Jesus, the whole crowd just stood up and people began to shout. And I, uh, you know, I had told them how Jesus had died on the cross, taking our sins and our diseases and how he, he had uh, gone down into Hades and how God raised him on the third day. And people were up, uh, standing up, shouting. And then I began to say, Jesus is coming back soon. I said, he, he ascended to heaven and he's coming back. Are you ready to meet him? The moment I said that, Tens of thousands of people began to scream. They began to jump over the fence. There was a fence between the bleachers, uh, not a very high fence, but, but there was a fence, fence between the field and they began to climb over the fence until the fence was completely knocked down. And these tens of thousands of people came running to the front and they, they went down on their knees and immediately began to cry out to God for salvation. It was the most wonderful thing wonderful scene to behold and I, uh, I mean, I was like totally stupefied. I was totally dumbfounded. I, and, 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 and then I, when I saw them running, I know that if I had let that lame man lay there, he would have been trampled underfoot and been killed because of the, 
intensity of the tens of thousands of people running towards the front without any altar call being given. They all ran and they were on their knees and shouting. People were weeping, crying out to God. And I remember I went on my knees and I went lay prostrate on the, on the platform and I began to weep. And I began to think of the time how I got saved on the street as a Muslim who had never seen a Bible, never heard of Jesus and, and uh, never met a Christian, never been inside, inside a church. I remember how I got saved and how I spent almost a year in prison for preaching the gospel, how uh, I lost everything and came as a refugee to Sweden. And, I, and there I was preaching to this crowd and all these people giving their lives to Jesus. And I thank God, I just cried, I wept, and I thank God for how far he had brought me. And then I stood up, and when I stood up, I saw that lame man who had been carried on the blanket, who had been laying on my side, I saw him up and walking. And he was walking, he came on the platform, and he, he, he was walking all over the place, and God had healed him totally. And you know, that crusade, uh, we saw, such a powerful move of God that entire week. We did a six night crusade and then uh, Sunday the crusade ended. But on Saturday, I decided to do a baptismal service and there were uh, many more people because Sunday is the big night, but this was people who got saved on Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. I said, I'm going to do a baptism tomorrow. So Saturday, at about uh, 11 o'clock, 10 o'clock, 11 o'clock, we gathered at the river and we baptized. I don't know, it's hard to keep count, but there were at least 1,700 people there. I have photos from that time. At least 1,700 people came and the river was like on, only knee deep because we were up in the mountains and it was freshly, uh, you know, like mountain springs, ice cold water, ice cold, cold water. And 1700 people were baptized and it was wonderful. They were criminals, drug addicts, regular people, soldiers, housewives, doctors, nurses, all kinds of people were baptized in water and we planted a church there. Hallelujah. God is a good God. We preach a powerful gospel. Remember this. We don't preach a little uh, dinky Mickey Mouse gospel, but we preach the gospel of Jesus who died and who rose again from the dead. It's a powerful gospel. It's a glorious gospel. Praise God. Well, I want to share with you uh, tonight about the, uh, today rather about the whipping post and the cross. And um, because, the, you know, the whipping post and the cross, that is where Jesus paid the price for our sins and for our physical and mental diseases and infirmities. Um, Isaiah 53 verse 3 says, He was despised and rejected and forsaken by men. And I'm, I'm, I'm using the amplified version because it, it, it expands upon the meanings of the, of the Greek and the Hebrew words and give us the, gives us the deeper meanings of those words and deeper understanding of what the scripture is saying. So in this context, I'll be using the Amplified. It says he was despised and rejected and forsaken by men, a man of sorrows and pains and acquainted with grief and sickness. Now, it says that Jesus was despised and forsaken of men, a man of sorrows. And the word sorrows is the Hebrew word makob, which means physical pain. So it actually says that Jesus was despised and 
forsaken of men, a man of pains, pain, physical pain, and a man of sorrows and pains, makov, which is pain, and acquainted with grief and sickness. And the word grief and grief and sickness is the word holy, which means holy means sickness and disease. So Jesus was a man who was despised and rejected and forsaken by men, according to the prophet Isaiah in 53 verse 3. And he was a man of pain and acquainted with sickness and disease, when it says grief and sickness. And then Isaiah 53 verses 4 and 5, it says, Surely he has borne our, disease, our griefs and sicknesses, weaknesses and distresses, and carried our sorrows and pains, yet we ignorantly considered him stricken, smitten, and afflicted of God as, with, as if with leprosy. This is verse number four. So verse number four, it says, surely he has borne. And the word born here, that Jesus has borne, uh, it, it means he has borne uh, something as our uh, substitute in, in our stead. So uh, it doesn't mean that Jesus comes alongside us and helps us bear our disease and sicknesses. That's not what it means. That's a religious idea. But what it means is that Jesus, when he bore our diseases, he bore our diseases. That means he, Nasa means he took them off us and took them upon himself. So Jesus took our physical diseases and our physical infirmities away from us, off us, away from us, and upon his own self. In other words, he bore them as our substitute. Or you could say he bore our physical diseases and infirmities so that we do not have to bear them. This is a revelation. It's right in the word of God. We do not have to carry sickness and disease and infirmities upon our bodies because Jesus has carried them for us. In the same way, he bore our sins as our substitute so that we do not have to carry and walk around with our sins because they were put them upon Jesus. He took them away from us upon his own self. That's what he did with our sins. And he did the very same thing with our diseases. He took them off us, away from us, upon himself as a substitute instead of us. All right. So it says, surely he has borne, that means he has carried away as our substitute, our, then it says, our griefs, sicknesses, weaknesses, and distresses. And that's the same Hebrew word, holy, that means he has borne as our substitute, our diseases, our sicknesses. So Jesus, he has physically borne upon his own self as our substitute, instead of us, our physical diseases and infirmities, and, and carried our sorrows and pains. And that's the word makob, that is we saw in, in verse 3. That means physical pain. So Jesus, he has carried upon his own self. I'm emphasizing this again and again so that you get it and you understand it. Because most people think, yeah, God can heal. But they are not sure about whether God will heal. Uh, there's, there's a huge difference because 
Even when I was a Muslim, I believed that God could heal. Of course, the Quran says, I was a Muslim, the Quran says Jesus is a healer. And if, the, if God is God, if there is a God, of course he can heal. Uh, you know, you don't have to be a Christian or believe the Bible to believe that God can do anything. God can do anything. He can heal the sick. But the question is, will he heal? Does he want to heal? Yes, he does. Because the difference between our God and all these other gods or all these other religions is that our God, our Lord Jesus, he actually is not just a miracle worker, but he actually bore my sins and your sins and our diseases and our infirmities upon his own self. He took them off us. He took our sicknesses, sins and diseases off us and he took them upon his own self as our substitute. Hallelujah. That is the work that Jesus did for us upon the cross. That is why the what Jesus did upon the cross is so powerful. And that is why Paul says that uh, that we preach Christ crucified. That means we proclaim what Jesus did for us upon the cross. And that's why First uh, Corinthians 1.18 says that the preaching of the cross is unto them that perish foolishness, but unto us which are saved, it is the power of God. Because those who are perishing, for them the cross is a religious symbol, like every religion has a symbol, either a crescent or a cross of David or whatever, they have their own symbols. But we don't have a symbol. What we have is a dying, bleeding savior upon a cross who actually physically came to this earth and upon the cross, he bore our sins and our sicknesses and diseases upon his own self. And by his blood, by his wounds, we are saved and healed and set free. And when we preach this message of what Jesus did upon the cross, that is when the power of God is revealed and people's lives are changed and people are saved and healed. So that is that is what we are talking about here. It says, surely Jesus has borne, he nasa as our substitute, our griefs, sicknesses, weaknesses, and distresses. That is holy. He bore our diseases, our weaknesses, our distresses, and carried our sorrows and pains, that physical pains. He bore our physical pains. And then it says, verse 5, but he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our guilt and our iniquity. So he was wounded for our transgressions. When we break the law of God, when we sin against God, Jesus was wounded for that. And he was bruised for our guilt and our iniquities, for our sins against God. The chastisement uh, needful to obtain peace and well-being for us was upon him. And with the stripes that wounded him, we are healed and made whole. Now here we see in verse 5 uh, how Jesus upon the cross provided for us in all three dimensions. He provided for our spirit, for our soul, and for our body. For our spirit, we see that he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our guilt and iniquities. That means that all our sins, all our transgressions, all our iniquities, all these things that separate us from God, God took them off of us and he put them upon Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. He was wounded. Those nails that pierced his hand and hands and his feet, that our guilt, our sin, our iniquities were put upon him. And then it says he, um, the chastisement 
needful to obtain peace and well-being for us was upon him. Here he's talking about the soul, soulish area of your life. Now, one area which has been largely ignored by people, and we're going to talk more on in a later session, we're going to talk about the mind and how you can have a sound and healthy mind. But uh, a big battleground for many people is the battleground of the mind. Uh, people fight at, at the lowest level. Some people uh, fight condemnation all the time. Uh, condemnation or they live uh, 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 with feelings of themselves being meaningless. They're like my life is not worth living. My existence is meaningless. Some people have that. So the lowest level is always feeling condemn condemnation, knowing what the Bible says. And yet you feel that God has something against me because I somehow don't live up to those expectations. But those expectations are not set there by God. They're set there by religion and they're set there, there by us. That's what it is. We, 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 we set our own standards, our own expectations that are set by religious people uh, and, and by ourselves. And then we always compare ourselves to them. And when we do that, we are always condemned because we find ourselves always falling short. And we're going to talk about that later on. But uh, that, that is the lowest level. Then there's other levels of, uh, you know, mental oppression. And, uh, and that is this feelings of hopelessness and worthlessness. Uh, people question their existence. People wonder, you know, why, why, what, what, is the exist, what is the meaning of my existence? Nobody loves me. Nobody wants me. And so on and so forth. And then come obsessive thoughts because you suddenly begin to believe things that are not true. Like, for example, there are, there are women. For example, I've seen many young women, beautiful women, physically uh, they look beautiful, but every time that poor lady looks at the mirror, what she sees, she's a slim, beautiful, well-built lady, but she sees herself as being very overweight and fat. And so that causes an eating disorder. And it's all in the mind. It's really nothing physical with the person, but, in, but it's, it's in the mind. And so that's the big battleground. When people believe things about themselves that are not true, but it's true for them because it becomes true. Because the scripture does say, as, the, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. So if you think in a certain way uh, uh, and you begin to believe that that perception becomes your reality, even though it's not real to everybody else, everybody else sees a slim, beautiful lady, but you see yourself as ugly or whatever, uh, that, that is a perception in a mind. And for you, that's your reality, although the fact is that it's not true. And uh, that's what I mean, you know, there's some there's obsessive thoughts and compulsive thoughts. And finally, it comes down to suicidal thoughts. Many people uh, think that I should maybe kill myself because if I kill myself, everyone will be happy because nobody loves me. Nobody cares for me. You know, that, that kind of thing. And I've been there. I've been suicidal myself. Uh, I have attempted suicide once in my life. I've been through all those things. But, and then because of these things, people have no peace within themselves. They have no peace with God. They have no peace with fellow man. Uh, with God, they have, of course, no peace. They have no peace within myself. And they have no peace with their fellow man because they have perceptions that even their best friends and their families look down on them. When they don't, they don't realize how loved they are. People are loved, but they think that they're despised when they're not despised, but they're actually loved. And all these things are lies of the devil. That's what it is, beloved. These are lies of Satan. There is not even an ounce of 
truth in them because if you are going through these things and you just open the Bible and read the Bible and look at wonderful, the wonderful things that God says about you, then you will understand how wonderful you truly are in the eyes of God. Hallelujah. That's why the psalmist said, I'm, I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. You are made wonderful. You are unique. There's nobody else. There's not even one person, one other person on this planet of seven and a half billion people who has the same fingerprint as you have. You are unique. You are special. And you have a purpose from God over your life. But, but the Bible says that this lack of peace in our mind, there is healing for that. Because when Jesus was crucified, he was nailed to the cross bearing our sin. The Bible says that he was beaten. You know, they took these sticks and they beat him, beat him. The last verse of, the, uh, of Isaiah 52 tells us that he was beaten beyond recognition. And why was he beaten? He was beaten so that we might have peace, so that you and I, we might have peace within ourselves. I know what it is to be tormented because I've been there. We can have peace within ourselves and peace with God. So we can have peace with this God who is our father, this loving father who we always thought was against us. This, this thing will be lifted from our mind that we are, that God is against us and that peace with our fellow man. So peace within ourselves, peace with God, peace, peace with our fellow man, Jesus was beaten so that we can have peace and you can receive that peace. Jesus says, my peace I give unto you, not as the world gives do I give unto you. So here's the wonderful thing about the cross, that when Jesus was upon the cross, when he was nailed to the cross, when he hung upon the cross, God put all our sins, our iniquities and transgressions upon him so that we can be forgiven and free and walk with God in freedom and liberty. And that Jesus was beaten and whipped and beaten so that we can have peace. And then it says, by his stripes, we were healed and by with the stripes we were healed you know jesus uh, jesus was whipped when they before they crucified him they took his clothes off and they tied him to a whipping post and and they took the romans used to have this uh, this they used this instrument of torture called a flagrum it was a leather it was a leather whip with nine belts of leather and each one of those belts of leather had sharp pieces of metal and bone and and they they tied jesus up and they whipped him and they whipped him with each cut of the whip pieces of flesh and uh, skin and 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 flesh and skin and, were and tissue were torn off his back and uh, the psalmist says that plowmen have plowed my back and have made long furrows his back looked like a field that had been plowed and his precious blood began to flow and why was he whipped what had he done he had not done anything but he was being whipped for you and for me because when he was being whipped God took our physical diseases and infirmities your and mine physical diseases and infirmities every disease and sickness that Satan could ever put upon us God took them from us and put them upon Jesus and the Bible says by those stripes on his back, by his stripes, we have been healed. 
and 1 Peter 2.24 corroborates this. It says he personally bore our sins in his own body on the tree as on an altar and offered himself on it that we might die to sin and live to righteousness by his wounds we have been healed. Jesus Christ became our substitute and carried upon his own self our sins, our our mental torments and our physical diseases and infirmities so that we can be forgiven and walk as righteous and righteous men and we can walk on this earth and God looks on us as people who have who are loved and accepted by him and we are righteous and that righteousness means that God looks at us as if we have never sinned because our sins have been washed away and we have this wonderful peace of mind we have the mind of Christ and all the torment is gone because Jesus was beaten that we might have peace and that by his stripes we have been healed from every physical disease and infirmity this was the work of our Lord Jesus upon the cross and this is for you and me my beloved I want you to I want you to meditate on this tonight and take a hold of it and embrace this truth for your own life and say say to Jesus Lord I thank you that you bore my sins you carried my diseases you bore all my torments so I can walk free let me and tomorrow we will continue and we will talk about uh, the miracle working power of God working in us and through us but let us uh, uh, let us uh, pray together. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray for my brothers and sisters who are watching this, who can hear my voice. I ask you to touch their lives. Father, if there's anybody sick or diseased or infirmed or anybody tormented in their minds who feel feelings of hopelessness and worthlessness, in the mighty name of Jesus, I thank you that you have provided for us you have provided for us by taking away our sins, our diseases and our torments and putting them all upon Jesus. And I pray for my brothers and sisters. I ask you to touch them. I curse every sickness and disease in Jesus name. I curse every lie of Satan, every mental torment in the name of Jesus. And I curse every physical disease and infirmity in Jesus name. Father, touch my brothers and sisters. Thank you for your mercy for your grace and father we receive all your bounties your blessings for our lives in jesus name amen well god bless you my brothers and sisters and we'll be seeing you tomorrow god bless you